Apostle John this morning is the power that's in the blood of Jesus. That many of us, older people, uh, heard our uh, uh, our mothers and grandmothers uh, plead the blood of Jesus and grandfathers and just aunts and uncles plead the blood of Jesus as they prayed. And we need to understand that that, that blood has power. That power is still in existence today. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of grace, but the power of that blood is still active today. So we're going to look at some scriptures this morning and really understand about the blood of Jesus. And so I, if you don't have so that you can write these scriptures down so you have them for yourself because uh, we sing songs like I know it was the blood and the blood of Jesus uh, will never lose its power. We sing that song but we really need to understand that the blood of Jesus is still active and powerful today. It has nothing happened and so, uh, before I pray, I want to give you a couple of scriptures to start out with, and one of them is in the Old Testament, Leviticus, chapter 17, and I think that's verse 11, my, I'm reading my own writing, isn't that pitiful? <laughs> I scribbled real good. But I think it's uh, Leviticus 17, verse 11. And then the other one that you can go ahead and find that we're going to begin with is Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. And then I'll be giving you some other scriptures, but we're going to start with that. And I'll pray. So, Father God, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your people, Lord God. And we thank you, Father God, because you've allowed us to see another day. And we're so grateful, Lord, because we know many didn't wake up this morning. And you allowed us that opportunity, and we are together, together, Father God, uh, to worship and praise you and to hear a word from heaven. And so we just ask you, Father God, to manifest yourself to each one that is a part of this uh, worship service. I ask you to anoint their ears to hear, Lord God, so their hearts will be open to see whatever the Lord is saying to them this morning. And we thank you, Father God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable in your sight, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that nothing is difficult for us. We thank you, Father God, that we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not the feet that we come behind. There's no good thing. And we thank you, Father God, that we, uh, we uh, apply this word in our lives. We will remember the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary never loses its power. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So with that scripture, those two scriptures that I 
ask you to find and then we'll go forward. I have other scriptures that I will be sharing with you, but we're going to start with that. So, um, we want somebody to read uh, Leviticus uh, 17, verse 11. Okay. For the life of the flesh. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sabrina. Go ahead, Reverend. It's okay. For the life of the flesh and the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an anointment for your soul. For it is the blood that maketh an anointment for your soul. <clears throat> Continue. Okay. So the part that we want to look at is the fact that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And when we look at scriptures, and we look at that, what does that really say? Well, in this particular case, in the scripture in Leviticus, we just read that verse, but it's talking about why people shouldn't, in those days, they ate and drank blood, and it's sharing, the scripture is uh, saying that that is not what we do. And of course, in this day and time, unless there's something wrong with Nobody. 
to uh, uh, cause them to be back in God's grace, an animal had to be killed, blood had to be shed, because that was the only way that they could be uh, uh, reconnected with God. So there's another scripture that I want us to look at in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter, uh, let's see, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. I want somebody to find that if you don't already have it. Uh, but this going back to the garden. An animal was, was killed. God had to do that in order to cleanse uh, Adam and Eve. And then, of course, he sent the out of the garden. So, without the shedding of blood, I think that scripture says, and some in the King James translation, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Does somebody have that scripture, that 9, verse 9, 22? In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's right. Anybody else got any other translation? That's a good one. No forgiveness. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of the blood, there's no remission. So that, that started in the garden. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no forgiveness. And so in our cases, I would ask the question, who shed blood for us? You didn't shed any blood to get saved, but Jesus already took care of that at Calvary for us. He took care of making sure that we, uh, uh, could be forgiven by shedding his blood on the cross for us. And so we now have two principles here that we will go ahead and follow up on. One is, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, no uh, remission of sins. That's what remission means. And the other one says to us that the life of the flesh, the flesh, the body, the human body, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And we are tripart beings. So we are body, we live in a body, we have a soul, but we are spirit beings. So when our spirit leaves that human body, then there's no need for the blood in our body anymore. But there is a need for us to be, in order for us to be saved, that we uh, can apply the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus was shed for our sins, not for his sins. So you see how important the blood of Jesus is to us. And so we're going to look at because we want to go forward with this. And I will tell you that there's about 30 scriptures in the Bible that talk about the blood. So I'm going to ask somebody to find uh, some scriptures for, uh, for me. One, I want somebody to find Romans chapter 5, verse 9. 
on somebody else to find Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Say that again. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. And then 1 Peter 2, 24. The Gospel of John, verse 5, no, verse 53. And you can write all of these down, and then I'll ask somebody to read each one, if you want, if you so choose. And then there's Isaiah 53, verse 5. For John, uh, what was the chapter? Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 53. Okay, and say Isaiah again for me. 53, verse 5. I need a pen. And Joel, that's in the Old Testament, chapter 3. Verse 20, I'm going to stop right there, there is more, but we'll go through this, and we may not finish this today, but we'll going until we get this done, because I, I just really want us to understand how important that blood shed was. You know, some people say, who are not saved, in most cases, is the ones that say it. You know, Christianity is a violent religion. Well, number one, we're not a religion. Christianity is a lifestyle. And so that's number one. But no, there had to be shedding of blood for us to be forgiven. We heard Sabrina read that, Sabrina, here in California, read that for us, that we have to have the blood to get forgiveness. And it started in Genesis. So you can always, if people tell you that, you can always go back to Genesis and say, when Adam and Eve fell, an animal had to be killed. Now, when we go back to the Old Testament, of course, it is a bloody time in the Old Testament. And it is because the children of Israel were falling every day. Somebody was sinning, doing the wrong thing. And so they had bulls and goats, animals that they kept at the temple. And every time you sinned, you had to go to the temple and you either had to supply, supply your own bull or goat, or you had to buy one. Now, for people who couldn't afford to buy them, they let them have a pigeon or whatever they could afford. Blood had to be shed every time you sin, and that was under the law. And that's when Jesus came on the scene and changed all of that killing of those animals because when he gave his life, it took care of the, took care of the whole thing, and uh, he completed the work. That's what we say. He completed the work on Calvary. So I'm saying all of that to you. Because people will come to you and they have little knowledge of the word of God. They don't want to believe it. They don't want you to believe it. And so they say things to you that leave you with a question mark in your mind. 
was also asked questions when they questioned him about why he was doing stuff. He asked them a question, but he asked them a question to show him why or uh, where it said he could not do what God was telling him to do. So you see, it's a difference there. So now we're going to go back to those scriptures. And I think the first scripture I said I wanted y'all to find was Romans 5 and 9. Does somebody have that? Yes. Much more deep, being not justified by his blood, we shall be saved from that through him. Okay, so we're justified. Somebody have that in another translation? Or shall we go on? So the first thing we're reading here is that we are justified by his blood, by the blood of Jesus, not by our blood, but we are justified. It says much more than having been justified by his blood, he shall be saved from wrath through him. Who is him? Jesus is him. All right, next scripture, Ephesians 1 and 7. Somebody have that? In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. All right, so we are forgiven. We can say that. We can say these. We can personalize these. So the first scripture, we can say, I am justified. And then this scripture says, I am forgiven. We begin to speak that to ourselves. We should speak the word to ourselves. So I am forgiven. And Ephesians chapter 1 and 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. We are forgiven. So one of the things that we need to understand is that we are forgiven. But we have to keep asking for forgiveness because we keep sinning, okay? We don't do it on purpose. We're trying to do the best we can to be obedient. But we do have a clause in our contract of salvation that says that if we confess, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And you can find that in First John, that would be 1 John <clears throat> 1 and 9. And uh, I say that because there are several little letters there is 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So, and then there's the Gospel of John. So, for those of you that are learning, I want to make sure I give you the right information. So, the next thing here is we want to look at Romans 5, chapter 9 again. And this time, it's saying one more thing to us. So let's read that again, somebody. Okay, so 
what I want to say this time now in this translation that I'm using today, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So I am spared <coughs> this one. I am spared from God's wrath. I am your translation may say I am spared from God's anger because they won't have that one that says that. So we're spared from God's anger. And why are we spared? Because Jesus accepted into the man. We accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and we didn't we will. And so, therefore, we are spared from the wrath of God. God is our Father. And so, for those of you that don't have children, or you do have children, whichever the case may be, you know, your parents gave you some chances, I'm sure. I know mine. That sometimes I would do something wrong, and they would give me a good, uh, uh, tongue lashing, but they wouldn't give me a, uh, a physical punishment to go with it. And that's when we're spared. So God spares us. We are his children. He loves us. And we are spared from his wrath because of the blood of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did at Calvary. We didn't do anything to deserve salvation. It's a gift. And it's a free gift. And all we need to do is accept it and go forward in what he has planned for us. And we all are born with a plan. I was thinking about that just before the service this morning. Because I have stories about all of my grandchildren. And some of my grandchildren, I wasn't present at their birth. But some of my grandchildren, I was present at their birth. And so they tease me and say, Melissa is my favorite. But Melissa and all of her siblings, uh, I was present at their birth. My daughter made sure that I was there when they were born in the delivery room with her for everyone because they had just started a lot others in the delivery room when Melissa was born. And so my other uh, children, uh, did not include me, and that was okay, in the delivery room. So it's a difference when you're born, born with somebody right out of the womb. We all love our grandchildren and our nieces and nephews. So when you're standing there when that person is born, there is a difference in how you connect with them because you were actually there when they took their first breath outside of the womb. But you see, God... Uh, allows us that opportunity because Jesus paid the price for us to be a part of his family. And when we accept Jesus Christ, we are born again. And I'd like to use that phrase, we are born again. We were born out of our mother's womb, but this time we are born of the Spirit of God. And so we are his children and he is in love with us, so he spares us some stuff that we ought to get dinged for. But we do need to ask forgiveness. I want to say that again. We do need to ask forgiveness. So uh, we're going to go 
It says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we bring dead to sin should live unto righteousness, but whose stripes we ye will were healed. Isaiah 
three verse five. Somebody can look for that. And then Joel, I think I said this before, Joel in the Old Testament, chapter three, verse twenty-one. And uh, what we're going to be talking about is how we are spiritually alive. So John chapter six, verse fifty-three. Who has that? Come on, whoever. So Jesus said again. I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. Okay. And so if you read this whole chapter, and I encourage you all to go back and read the whole chapter. If you read the whole chapter, you'll find out Jesus said that most of the apostles thought, uh-oh, he got a problem. And they begin to back up, you know. Sometimes God says stuff to us that we question and we'll back up. We'll say, wait a minute, I don't know if this is God saying this or not. God, is this you? How many times have I done that? I'm honest about my problem. God, is this you? <laughs> and then, you know, because here's what he said. He said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in Well, we just got to keep talking about that. In the, under the law, he didn't want to drink blood. He didn't want to eat flesh. That's cannibalism. So what is he talking about? Well, we take what we call communion. And before Jesus went to Calvary, it was uh, it was done under another name. But we do that the, the cracker that we take for communion represents His blood, and the juice that we drink represents His blood. And do we do that with? I, I know in Bread of Life we haven't been doing it since we've been on Zoom. We haven't had it together. But don't we do that? You see, we have to really understand spiritual things. Because if we don't, the devil will lie to us and get us so confused that we'll back up from God. We have to be really careful that the devil doesn't deceive us. And sometimes he just lies to us so well until we believe that lie. So here we say, Jesus is saying, eat his flesh and drink his blood, oh, what's wrong with him? But we are spiritually alive. That's what we want to say about that. Because we have God's spirit on the inside of us. We call him the Holy Spirit. And he causes us to be spiritually alive. Because we, before we accepted Jesus Christ, we were dead. In our trespasses and sins, the word of God tells us that when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, then came Jesus. And then we said, Lord, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then the word of God says, if we do that and believe that God raised us from the dead, and that's what we do to receive salvation, and that's what we do to become spiritually alive. 
so we're going to do a couple of more, and then I'm going to stop. Uh, Isaiah 53, verse 5, someone. <clears throat> Said, but he was wounded and crushed for our sin. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was we were healed. Alright. So this might have that in another translation. Mm. Isaiah 53 and 5. Y'all with me this morning? Did I lose you? <laughs> no, ma'am. For our transition. He was bruised for our equality. Uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Okay, there's not too much changing can be done with that one, but we know that that is a scripture that we are to have in our spirit. To have in our spirit on the floor, because by it again states here by his stripes. We are so one trap, one scripture says we were healed, the other one says we are healed. So there's no discrepancy here because if you are healed, when you uh oh, uh oh, we got cut off there, folks. I guess she'll be back in a second. Her device cut off. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, we're looking at the judgment. My judgment has been satisfied, and I am at peace with God. So, say that with me. My judgment has been satisfied. My judgment has been satisfied. And I am at peace with God. And I'm at peace with God. And even if you don't believe that today, you need to say that. I am at peace with God. I am at peace with God. You see, because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so we speak it out of our mouth. And we hear it. And then we speak it out of our mouth and we hear it. And as we do that, we begin to get that word in our spirit. Faith then is generated from us hearing it. You see, we need to, that scripture says that we need to hear it and hear it and hear it. Faith comes by hearing. And so, my judgment has been satisfied, and I am at peace with God. So let's go to Joel 3 and 21. And we're still talking about the blood of Jesus. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwelleth in Zion. Shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not. The Lord dwells in Zion. Okay. So 
we see here the bloodstream of his people Israel will be purged. That's what goes along with that scripture. That's what they're talking about. And Zion, when we see that word Zion, that's talking about us. We are Zion. We are the body of Christ. And so when you see scriptures in the, you'll see that mostly in the Old Testament, we are Zion. You can always remember that. And so the bloodstream of his people, Israel, will be purged. And so that's what goes along with that scripture. So the last one we're going to look at this morning is First John chapter 1, verse 7. John. with each other and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from every sin alright anybody else have that or another translation but if we well, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin so the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin if we walk in the light. And walking in the light, knowing that he is the, in the light, that he is the light, excuse me, and that we have fellowship with one another. So when we're out of fellowship with other sisters and brothers, and that means in our heart. Because, you know, a lot of times we out of fellowship with folks because we don't like what they said. Maybe they hurt our feelings. I've been accused of that many, many times. And uh, whatever the case may be. So we're out of fellowship in our heart. And what does God look at? God looks at our heart. He said he don't look at the outer man. He looks at the heart. And so no matter what we say out of our mouth, what's going on in your heart this morning? What did that guy say about that uh, Capital One? What's in your wallet? Well, what's in your heart this morning? Because if you're out of fellowship with somebody, then you need to ask God to forgive you. They may not even know you out of fellowship with them. Because a lot of times we get mad at folks because they don't buy our masks. And so we get mad at them. And we, and we mad at them in our heart, and they don't even know nothing about it. And probably wouldn't worry about it if they did, unless they thought they did something to us. See, sometimes people get mad at us because they don't like what we know. It's not because we did anything to them. They just don't like what we know. Because we're reading their mail. Because God has given us a discernment, and we know what's what. And so they get mad at it. And they start speaking to us sometimes. And they start having anything to do with us. And when they get down to the real nitty-gritty, it's not us, it's them. But in order to keep our hearts pure and clean, we have to make sure that we are not the problem. And so 
You know, that's what that prayer says. Our Father prayer says, Forgive us of our trespasses and forgive those who have trespassed against us. So that's where we go. We go and examine. What does it say when we're taking communion? Let a man, and that means male or female, examine themselves. And we can ask God to show us if we're doing something wrong or if we've done something wrong, then God show it to me. And help me to be woman or man enough to go back and say I was wrong. And I've had to do that. And I may have to do it some more. But it's up to us to examine our own selves. So a lot of times, it's not the other person, it's us. And we get mad at them. But we need to have a clean heart before God. And so there's that scripture that says, Creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew within me a right spirit. If you want to find that, that's uh, Psalms 51. That was David's prayer when he messed up. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Okay, I saw one more that I wanted us to do before we stop today. Uh, so listen, go to Revelation 12, 11. And we don't deal a lot with revelations. I had to, at one point, long time ago, I took the Bread uh, of Life family and Bible study through the book of Revelations. Revelations is an apocalyptic book. Daniel is an apocalyptic book. And Ezekiel is another one. And those books talk about past, present, and future. And so we are seeing much of the future in Revelations right now. We are seeing this. And if you go back into Ezekiel and Daniel, they talk about what's going on in our world today. And you see God's God's word is fulfilling itself. And so we have to understand that, that we are seeing what they saw in biblical times. We are seeing it now. And if you know about the book of Revelation, so you don't know, the apostle John, John that wrote the gospel of John, John that wrote first, second, third, they boiled him in oil. And they left him out on an island called Patmos. And they left him there to die. And he didn't die. He laid out there all by himself. And God revealed to him what would come to pass in the future. What we're seeing today. He saw. And so when we talk about the book of Revelation. It's a book that reveals those things that John saw on the Isle of Patmos. And then we have Ezekiel, who was exiled, was a prophet in exile, and God showed him future. And we have Daniel, who was a prophet in exile, and God showed him future. And future is now for us. So with that said, let's read that scripture. Somebody have it for me? And they, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb 
and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. All right. So anybody else have another translation of that? We're talking about uh, overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. We are overcomers. And by the word of our testimony. And we need to have that testimony to share with people that we know that we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. And be able to tell people our story about what God has done for us. And we need to put God above everything. Y'all hear me say that a lot. Because I am very adamant about that. Anybody else have that scripture in another translation? Uh, and there were war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought his angels. Is that Revelation 12, 11? Oh, okay. Nope, I'm somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and they overcame <laughs> by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives, but their death. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to stop there. But, you know, I, 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 I'm I very adamant about my walk with the Lord. Most folks that know me any length of time will tell you that. And sometimes I really am like sandpaper to some folks because they really uh, get offended with me. But you know what? We have to put God first in our lives. Because he takes care of us. He's the one that makes sure we have what we need. He's the one that gave his son, Jesus, for us to have life. And you know, I would really disappoint the whole world and disappoint him. But that's to say I'm perfect because I'm certainly not. And I'm playing, I'm striving for perfection. Perfection in the Bible means maturity. It doesn't mean what we think it means. So I'm always striving for it to be even more mature in my walk with the Lord. But we have to learn that he is so important to us. And he loves us so much. And he's been so faithful to us that we just can't just put him second, third, and fourth. We need to put him first. And the scripture here tells us that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto you. And so, you know, many times people uh, say, well, you know, I my children. Yes, I love my children. Of course, they're adults. But even when they were younger, you know, I didn't want to put anything ahead of God because God gave me those children mm-hmm. and he's going to take care of them because he gave them to me. And so we just really have to get our priorities straight. We have to know that God comes first and when we put him first, everything else gets in line. Everything else. And some of us have had to make serious uh, sacrifices for our children made them serious sacrifices while they were children, but also serious sacrifices uh, when they're adults. And I will tell you, I'm a great-grandmother, and I'm telling you that just because your kids become 
a certain age, it don't mean that you won't have to help because of the truth. You know, but I have to do that, and I completely read it. But what I'm saying is, they will all tell you that I put God first. So I'm not telling y'all to do nothing that I don't do. And the word does say, he first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, mm -hmm. and all the other things will be added unto you. So I'm going to stop right there. I'm thanking God for the word, and I'm thanking God for the blood of Jesus, and I really want us to see the importance of that blood that was shed at Calvary for us, and that blood is still mm -hmm. alive, it's still powerful. And so as we can see in these scriptures, there are benefits that we receive as uh, we are part of the family of God and this blood. There are benefits. We have benefits. You know, uh, Psalm 139 says, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And it talks about having receiving all of his benefits. Somebody find that for me right here. First uh, Psalm 139. I think it's the first couple of verses of that. Let's read that. Psalms 139. Oh Lord, you've searched me and know me. Yeah. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You helm in me, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, is, is high, I cannot attain it. Amen. Thank you, Brother Scott. Good to see your smiling face. <laughs> yes, that's, that Psalm 139 is a long song, but it also talks about us being... Uh, that he knew us when we were yet unformed in our mother's womb. It, it just gives us a wealth of information about how well God knows us and what he does for us. So with that said, I'm going to uh, stop for this morning. We will finish this up uh, at another time because there is more to talk about the blood of Jesus. So we thank God for that blood that cleansed us, that blood that causes us to be who we are, uh, what did we say this morning? We, our judgment has been satisfied, and uh, I'm at peace with God. We said spiritually alive. We said we were spared from God's wrath. We're forgiven. We're justified. Our debt is paid once and for all. All of those benefits come along with the blood of Jesus. And so we thank God this morning. And we thank God for you, all of you, uh, this morning. We want you to have a, a beautiful day. We want you to uh, be safe. And wherever you are, just uh, know that wherever we are, that's what that uh, psalm says, wherever we are, God is. And so I thank you this morning for each one of you being present and God bless you, and we're going to get ready to dismiss. Y'all want to say hi to those of you that know Brother Scott.
Lions and like Galveston. Uh, Is that where you are? Austin. Austin. I'm here somewhere. Austin. <laughs> so you're in Austin. Is the weather hot in Austin? Yeah, I'm in Austin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glad to see you. Okay, let's get ready to dismiss. And uh, so, and the peace of God. And the peace of God. Uh, all understanding. That passes all understanding. Will keep your hearts and minds. Will keep your hearts and minds. Through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters. Finally, brothers and sisters. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble. Whatever things are noble. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are good report. And everything a good report. Any virtue. Any virtue. If there is any praise, think on these things. All right. All right, everybody. See ya. All right. All right, there, brother Scott. All right, Lord, help me, Jesus. Uh oh. So you've just heard the uh, Bread of Life Church uh, sermon from Pastor Mary Frazier. I hope you enjoy it. Please. Palo Alto, we thank you and have a blessed day.